Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Oh, no! We suck again! The criticism's fair. I, I go back to, to, uh, to, to, again, last to the game. And, again, the more you're in it, the more you see it. You got to move on, but you also got to accept it. That's what I'm going to do moving forward. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. That's the best in the city of Chicago. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. That's on us. We didn't, we didn't, um, you know, we, we, we made this. You suck, diddly yuck, Flanders. I mean, you suck like you've never sucked before. It's the Bears Nation podcast. Let's get it. Bears Nation Podcast, Wednesday, September 29th, and we are here to talk about the Arlington Heights Bears. Let's get to it. Hey, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Why did you have to do that to me? I'm doing, I was doing well, so you had to start it off like that. Sadness. Are you doing well? It's been, it's been a rough week for Bears. No. It's been a rough week. I wasn't doing well. It's been a rough day. It's still hitting me. Yeah. Rough day, rough week, rough life. Uh, this is this is what we endure as as Bears fans. So, um, you know, it's okay. Brighter days are ahead, maybe, possibly. I don't know. Uh, probably. <laughs> probably I, not. If I had to guess, I would say probably not. But hey, I mean, we do what we can, and that's what we're just gonna do. And so, with that being said, let's talk about the Bears and their general sale. Not sale, but their purchase of the Arlington Heights race course, because that's the big news of the day, I think. And, you know, it's not unexpected. It's what we kind of uh, have been waiting for as regards ever since June about it was June, July, when we got where the Bears had put in a bid. They were looking to purchase the Arlington Heights racetrack. They were looking to move Mm -hmm. to that area. And this has been going on for years that the Bears have wanted to leave the city. They've wanted to get out of their deal with soldier field in the Chicago park district because it limits them and they don't, don't get to do everything they want to do so on and so forth. So it seems official now, probably. So now everyone's freaking out because oh the bears and obviously people are going to be mad, but this isn't going to happen for two to three years at, at the earliest. I mean, I saw a quote from uh, somebody, uh, somebody's story. I forget who I was reading, but I was reading somebody's story that, it's not going to even be official. The deal isn't even going to be closed until late 2022 or early 2023. And then you figure at least another year, if not longer to actually build the stadium itself, not to mention the area around it, if they want to do a sports book or hotel or whatever the hell else they want to do. So, I mean, I'm saying at the earliest, I mean, you're not looking at the bears in Arlington Heights until 2025. If it even mm-hmm. happens, I mean, Shane Reardon was on this podcast saying he thinks it's just a leverage play. Obviously, it's a bit more official now, but, you know, the city of Chicago has said that they're still open to working with the Bears. They still want to make it work. They still want to make something happen. Who knows if that'll happen? Uh, the district, the park district probably doesn't want to give up their power. And yeah, I mean, you can make stuff happen. You can host college football games. The Chicago Fire will be playing there. Maybe bring the right. Classic back for the Blackhawks, but Overall, I mean, the Bears are the main attraction and you're going to lose a lot yeah. there. So obviously the city itself is inclined to make something work. But I mean, I don't want to harp on this too much because we have like no details about it. But Kevin, I know you are not a fan of this. 
I, I wasn't. I was. I'm still not entirely a fan of it. I've warmed up to the idea when it when the initial news came out that this was going to be a thing back in what it was July or June, June or whatever July, it yeah. was June or July. I was really upset because I talked about the history that Soldier Field has and all that. Uh, and, and then I kind of came to terms that like this is just what's going to happen. Like there's no yeah, way sure. around it. Like I'm gonna have to just have to come to terms with the fact that you're going to build a three billion dollar stadium and it's gonna bring a lot of revenue to the organization. And it's just too logical not only the organization but the league and it's going to happen at some point so i've accepted that i've had months to accept that so it's still going to be you know painful or whatever to see them not be in the city but i've warmed up to it um you know there's going to be a lot of great benefits amenities the sports book it's going to be a ginormous stadium there's gonna be a whole lot of people and then you're expecting your what you're expecting is to get something like sofi that's what you're expecting is to get a sofi type land piece of land area where that i mean i saw a guy do a tour of it on youtube i mean that that whole and now the nfl offices are located right next to it that whole area is just absolutely gorgeous the one thing i have to say about that is well arlington heights is in la like although that <laughs> uh, you know so if i seems in inglewood california like that's a very glamorous part of town like a very mm-hmm. you know it's it's got quite the buzz whereas arlington heights is just a suburb so that's the only thing it doesn't have but you do have the potential to build a stadium like that it's going to be glamorous it's going to be nice but you said it's not going to happen until 2026 and i think what people are kind of 2025 2026 what people want to see i think it kind of a good send-off would Win a Super Bowl at Soldier before you make the move, right? So you have well, this so time that frame. that was going to be my point. That yeah. I think, I mean, this is a clear message. That, hey, you guys, I mean, to Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, especially. Hey, get it together mm. because if you don't, in a couple of years, we're going to find someone who will when we're opening the stadium, while right. we still have Justin Fields here. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that completely. And I and it was funny too because the ordering of this news was kind of interesting to a lot of people you know we have the smoke about uh what's up it's bryson saying hey guys in the youtube chat what's going on man we have the smoke about you know Nagy being fired and whatever the hell happened on sunday against cleveland and oh two days uh, two days later out of nowhere we're gonna drop this news about purchasing the land at arlington park tie coincidence i don't think so they're trying to take a little bit of the talk away from the football part of things and bring it over to the business aspect because that's what they do the front office and the management of this organization is not football oriented they are business oriented so that's what matters to them but i just thought the timing was a little bit interesting yeah, it was well and on top of that so let's talk about today and and the news today and there was a press conference obviously um, so people did get excited because Matt Nagy was supposed to talk tomorrow on Thursday, the 30th. Yeah. And instead he ended up, they pushed it up 24 hours to today, Wednesday, the 29th. And people started getting excited. Oh, is there an, is there an announcement from pace or, or from management? Is Nagy gone? Oh, is he going to announce a play calling change? Is he going to announce a quarterback for this weekend? Um, all of those things did not happen. <laughs> the only thing we got was the stadium and Nagy was there and he was up there with his shiny bald head. And all he said was, Oh, well, we're still considering all the starters. We're going to evaluate Justin and Andy's health and practice and uh, uh, play calling. We're going to keep that all internal. Then why are we having a press conference? Yeah, come what on. Are we, what's You're wasting point? his what time. Yeah. You're wasting everybody's time. Everybody. You're wasting my, my time, your time, the viewer's time. Wait, there's no, you know, we got excited for actual news. And of course, as usual with Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears organization, it was word vomit and we got nothing out of it. Oh, we're going to keep play calling internal. All right, dude. Well, well, all we have to do is watch with our eyeballs, and then we'll know who's calling the plays. That is very true. But that means <laughs> him. So the way the way. So I made the prediction on Monday on our post game uh, 
show that he was going to switch play calling. That was my guess. Um, and I think he did do that I, I'll, because, because he didn't say, I'm still going to be the play caller. I'm still going to be the one calling plays because he was, you know, doing this word vomit, trying to find a way around the question, which is very explicit playing right. question saying, Hey, who's calling plays on Sunday. It was that simple. I think it was Mark Potash who asked it, uh, who's calling plays on Sunday. And then he gave a four minute response about, you know, internal and all this and all that, and, Oh, everything's on the table. And this is where we're at. And, and the typical net naggy cliches of the world. Uh, but I think him saying that to me was an indicator that he won't be calling plays. I, I really do. And again, the rest of it makes sense. Like I said, his resume has always been about W's. That's what has kept yeah. him around. It has not been, you know, offensive statistics it has not been statistics of any other kind. It's been the fact that we made the playoffs two out of three years. My resume looks great from a record standpoint, him changing play cars. If it results in wins will end up as W's and end up as a positive on his resume going forward. So I think they have changed play callers. I really do. I think him saying that it's internal is just a very long response of him not wanting to fully swallow that and fully admit that he has switched play callers. That's what it means. See, I I would like to believe that play callers have been switched. I would love to believe that. I think it's Matt Nagy trying to be sneaky and say, okay, well, if things go badly Sunday, he can get up there on Sunday or Monday and be like, oh, yeah, no, I, it wasn't me. I, and, you know, Bill Lazor was calling That would plays. be so and then, bogus. And, and then if they win, oh. Like, oh, yeah, no, that was me. That was – I was all – I had – my hands were right in there. Yeah, it was all uh, me. Like, you think so? They, oh, my – what What in Matt Nagy's tenure has led yeah. you to believe that he wouldn't do that? Because I agree with yeah. you. If it was him, <laughs> if it was him, I think he would be, be saying straight up, oh, yeah, no, it's going to stay with me. We're going to stay the course, blah, 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 blah. Right, blah. right. But I think it, he wants to have, he wants to leave himself that wiggle room where, because knowing it's the Lions too. So everyone expects, you know, he he's what, 8 0 against the Lions or something like that? So, I, I yeah, I don't think he's lost. So, so I, I completely believe he's going to try and do something shady like that. And complete, if they lose, which I mean, I'm not ruling out. I, he could throw Bill Lazor under the bus and say, "Oh yeah, no, I I let Bill scheme scheme the game this week." God, that'd be win, so bogus. And, and oh if they play God. well, you say, "Oh yeah, no, we made the adjustments. You know, we we went yeah. to the film and we made the uh-huh. adjustments, and you know, we're going to take that going forward to Vegas. Guarantee it." Yeah, you could be right. I mean, that'd be such a, literally such a oh, it'd be completely bogus, and it'd be it's a great like, way to lose your team. It would. But, be. I mean, he's in survival mode here. Yeah, he. Uh, yes, he is, and I. I mean. Yeah, I guess. I just I just don't know why the guy can't give us a freaking answer. I mean, like, I mean, Jake just well, told he, us why, but it's it's frustrating. Yeah, he's it's in like, survival mode. He knows anything he says is going to be anything Matt that, Nagy says from this is getting pinned on a corkboard and being pinned for use later. But he like he he did a disservice to himself because he said four minutes of content and things when he only needed to say two seconds of it. Yeah, right. like, well, that's the thing. Next he knows question. he can. He knows he can race around but, the question. Yeah, but him dancing around the question isn't helping him in any way. It's like it's like he he's just becoming more ambiguous, and there's all these different you know interpretations of of what he may have said and all this. It's just it it does not make sense. I am Scott's on YouTube says Nagy is like a gym teacher that promises you'll play dodgeball on Friday, but then ends up playing lame indoor kickball. That was always the worst dodgeball. By far the best gym sport, but that's a different conversation for a different day. I mean that's I true also, though. I mean that that is completely <laughs> true. Yeah. That, that that's what it felt like. It's funny too because it, it almost coincidentally seems like they, they actually are kind of using this as a competitive advantage. And the reason why is because if he's keeping it internal and not telling Detroit who the play caller is, they won't know how to game plan because the offense is so completely different 
between him and Bill Lazor. Yeah, is it? Between him and, oh, between oh, him and Bill play Lazor. calling, play calling. I yeah, thought you were going calling. quarterback. Route. So okay, no, okay, not okay. be going quarterback. So so like him him not saying that is I don't I would love to believe he's smart enough to think that it's a competitive advantage because but it's also it's also a slight on himself because then it's saying well we're we're gonna know we're gonna know how obvious it is how different it is because we're gonna see more pre snap motion we're gonna see more than four rollouts in a game we're gonna see play action RPOs it's gonna be great uh, so maybe he's using it as competitive advantage I don't think he's smart enough to do that but. You know, you you actually there actually is something to be said about that because, like Miles Garrett said in the post game press conference, you know what they expected versus what they got from Matt Nagy last week was nowhere near the same. So maybe they're just trying to play games with the Detroit Lions. Well, that's well, what. So that's, that's the what thing. We're doing. I mean, if I'm Motor City Dan in Detroit, I'm just Motor game City planning Dan. for. I'm game planning for Laser. And then if Nagy, and then it'll be very evident if Nagy's calling plays, yeah, and, yeah. and then I'll breathe, and then I, it'll be very obvious that Nagy's calling plays, and I'll exhale. And so <laughs> you might as well just prepare for the harder exactly. option because you don't have to game plan for, for Nagy's laser. offense. Exactly, because again, going back to Miles Garrett and his quotes, he said, "Oh yeah, once we figured out what they were doing, we were able to adjust, and they didn't have they didn't have any counter adjustments. Is that is that easy? So yeah, I mean, if I'm if I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm just planning for laser." Because that's easily, I mean, that's going to be the tougher option to plan for. So uh, if it's neg, you're fine. It, it's just a mess. And him saying, I mean, doubling down on the, see, go to go back to the kickball versus dodgeball thing. I mean, that's basically what Nagy's doing with the quarterbacks too. And what he's done. With, I mean, we're going to get Andy Dalton. I mean, no, we're, we're all not, prepared. We're not, we're not, we're not. Kevin. I bet we're not. No, because you look at that. So Andy Dalton limited today. Justin Fields wearing a thumb brace, but full participant. I th- I think that means something. I think we're gonna see Justin Fields based off of health. And 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 like, ah, oh God, I, I would love to believe too. And we said this on the post game show, and I, I forgot to dive into it. But I, I think if Laser is the play caller, he does have somewhat of a large say on who is the quarterback, regardless of health. I I do think that is the case. Who he wants to operate that offense, you would hope. You would love to believe he has some sort of hand in that. Um. But based off of health, like I'm not sure Andy's going to be entirely ready to play. Those who were there at practice today mentioned, I think it was Patrick Finley who said it, it was clearly obvious that uh, Andy Dalton was a little bit more hampered than than Justin Fields was during the open period of practice for for the media. So I think those things are true. And if it really, I don't, I mean, we never got an official diagnosis of what the injury was, right? I mean, we know he was dealing with uh, Fields, a quad, no, for 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 Dalton. Like we, it, we never I was thought, confirmed I thought to be a bone bruise. I think it was. Was it confirmed? I can't remember if it was confirmed to be a bone bruise. But if it is, like we said, and we we, Pro Football Doc is still saying it on Twitter, uh, it's going to be longer than just a one week. Like you can use cortisone shots and you can use the right therapy to get yourself somewhat ready to play. But as far as being a full, you know, full active player on Sunday, one week after a bone bruise, well, I guess it would be two weeks by October third. Yeah, uh, it's not enough. Well, the, not enough. The problem is then we get into the gray area of, and especially, I mean, this goes down to the coaches, I assume too. Like, what technically counts as healthy or not healthy? And so, and, and we know, I mean, clearly, we know Matt Nagy has a preference for Andy Dalton. Yeah. So if Andy Dalton's, at, I mean, even even if Justin Fields is a hundred percent ready to go, if Andy Dalton's at seventy five percent. I have no reason to believe that Matt Nagy's not going to trot him out there. Maybe. I, I, I mean, mean again, this is gray area and this is speculation, man. Right. And, and that's a dangerous game to get into. But I have no reason to believe. I mean, the way that Matt Nagy just says, oh, if Andy's healthy, he's the starter. If Andy's healthy, he's the starter. And and Matt Nagy can point to that Browns game. And so even though Justin Fields had no time and he was oh. getting his head taken off and he had 
far from ideal situations. It meant they used to say, oh, Justin needs some more time. Justin needs to learn some more. So here's why that's so bad. And he, he, obviously it's also bad, but here's why that's really bad. Uh, you know, you don't want a rookie quarterback to sit on, on those mistakes and, and you don't want Agreed. him to, to, to sit around for the next few weeks. If any Dalton returns and just, you know, not get that out of his brain, like you have to right. flush it. And the best way to do it, like, you know, that's what everybody Jalen hurt said it after, you know, the Cowboys game on Monday night. He's like, we just got to flush it. He used a really weird quote about, he, he was, was actually, yeah, but he was like, you know, flush it, get through it. Yeah. You could do that in your mind all you want. You can flush things from your mind, but the best way to actually, you know, forget about the past is to actually redo it and do it better this week and then that right. stuff is kind of in the past like okay you know we really forgot about that we played well this week i'm not going to think about that at all versus when you're not playing out there and you're sitting on the sideline all you're going to be thinking about is last week that's the only yeah. thing you're going to be thinking about is oh if i if i didn't if i did this against cleveland maybe i'd be starting if i did this if i did that things would be different what would mm -hmm. the scenarios be it is going to linger in his mind for for a very long period of time you can't go back to dalton as bubba 182 says in the chat and I don't know why you would want to for the guy's development, for the kid's development. It makes zero sense. Zero well, zilch none. Okay, but but here, this is from our standpoint. This is what we're thinking. You have to look at this from Matt Nagy's perspective, who, again, is in survival mode. What is and he's his perspective? Th I don't know. Well, well that, again, that's semantics. Then you're getting into, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you're, you know, trying to assume things. But you have to think Matt Nagy, Justin Fields, yeah, there's going to be those rookie mistakes. So is Matt Nagy willing to deal with those rookie mistakes? I think no. So he knows that. So Matt Nagy's thinking, okay, Dalton, he's a seasoned veteran. He can make the checks at the line that I want. He can manage the game for me better than Nick Foles was because I've, we've agreed Andy Dalton is more talented than Nick Foles, regardless of what the scheme was last year to this year, blah, blah, blah. But Matt Nagy is in that survival mode that I need to save my job mode. So he's going to say, okay, well, Andy is more reliable, you know? So it's just, can I keep my job? And if you got to think Matt Nagy, this is why he keeps doubling down on Dalton as the starter. If he's healthy, quote unquote, it's because he believes Dalton gives him the best chance to keep his job. God. And, and that's why I don't understand the logic of it. It makes no sense. It made that logic still makes no sense to me. And bubble one, a two says survival mode is over. It's next job mode. Whereas what's he saying is like, okay, now he has 14 weeks to kind of show how he can be a competent coach for the next team because it's almost a guarantee he's going to get fired. What I would say to that is you're underestimating the lack of integrity from the top of the Bears organization mm -hmm. and the, mm -hmm. the front office and the lack of football knowledge that they have. Now, there was a report that came out or something. I don't know how true this was about, oh, if the Bears lose to the Lions, you know, they're going to fire him or something. And, and I No chance. That. No, no shot. I, I, I really don't think so. I mean, again, like you have to remember who the McCaskies are, who Ted Phillips is, what they care about, and they don't yep. care about wins. They don't care about what your team does from a football standpoint. So I, I, I it, it really is survival mode because at the end of the day, they, I think all, like literally all they care about is, did we make the playoffs? Did it, whether we were a seven seed or a one seed, do we have a positive winning record with this coach? And they do. And they've made the playoffs two years with him it, it, it's there they care them. about it's the bottom there. line they care about the bottom line but it's like if that does matter and if those things are and if matt Nagy recognizes that's what matters and he knows that putting bill laser as the play caller is going to help him get those wins he should also know that justin fields is going to help him get those wins and then we have 
Buckeye fan 37 here was my friend Ethan saying field is not going to develop any good habits running for his life all game. Okay. That's an ignorant thing to say because we know why that happened. If you throw five man protection at a defensive front, 80% of the game and a rookie quarterback's first NFL start. Yeah. He's going to be running for his life again. And you're going up against Jadavion Clowney, uh, Miles Garrett and talented, you know, uh, talented Cleveland front seven, whereas you're facing Detroit, far lesser defense, far lesser uh, opponent, but he's not going to have to run for his life all game. If you just do some rollouts, if you just run with Dave Montgomery more than 10 times, take it off of the quarterback's hands, let the running backs take over this game. And that's how you win. So Bubba one, eight, two says, can the bears win this weekend? Hell yes, they can. Hell yes, they should. I don't know if I, I don't know if I should say should anymore with this team. Yeah. Agreed. But I'm still going to say should Theor- Detroit. theoretically. Yes. In a vacuum. Yes. In a vacuum. Yeah, I wish everything was in a vacuum. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, but... I mean, it, it's bad. I mean, all right, so gun to your head right now, who's starting on Sunday? Justin. He will be the starter. And, and and yeah, he will be the starter. I, I really – and, I, again, I'm not going to dive into why 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 Matt Nagy would make that decision or or, or if that's really sort of a, an indicator of who he thinks is better at football. I think it's a health reason more than it is that. I, I think – Dalton's just not going to be physically ready to play. We saw it in the practice report today, and we'll see it tomorrow. So, so if Dalton, I'll believe Put that Matt in a Na- vacuum. <laughs> I'll believe, yeah, really. I've actually I've been saying all week. Put Matt Nagy in jail. That's where yeah. I mean. That's where he belongs. The thing is, the I I'll believe that Matt Nagy is in on Justin Fields if Andy Dalton practices all week. And is active on Sunday, and Justin Fields is still a starter. Then I'll believe that Matt Nagy is in on Justin Fields. But I, I mean, I just okay. I, I mean, okay. we don't we don't know that I, I, until if Andy Dalton practices the rest of the week, even if it's limited, I'm gonna be wondering up until kickoff on Sunday who the starter is. Yeah, like, like until I see whoever takes the field, and well, oh my god, it's gonna be it's gonna be so Nagy to have Justin Fields go out there for the first play and then yank him. Oh my god. I, I I can see it happening. I don't know, uh, man. I would actually I could throw absolutely my, see that. Happening. I'd throw my remote through the television screen. I really <laughs> would. I I not like I haven't done that before, but uh, through the I, television. I would do it, not not through the television. I, there have been times where I've been tempted. I've thrown the remote, but mostly at the couch, so it does not really damage anything in my apartment. Um, but I yes, I could see him doing that. That would be so him. But that would again require both of them to be healthy, and if both of them are going to be healthy, then I think. Andy might be the starter, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I'm so like, it's so frustrating. What I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to like start a research proposal or something. And I'm going to get some kids in my university to try to write an essay about what's going on in this man's head. And if you can figure out, you know, Matt Nagy's Bring ideology the on the quarterbacks. Department. Yeah, no, seriously. And if they can figure it out, uh, they get like a gold star or something or, or, or well, well Bears Nation podcast will give them the financial reward uh, if they can figure that out. So um, the lucrative Bears Nation podcast that we are, the donations that we receive weekly of over hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, as Jake looks at me like, what the hell are you talking about? We make zero money I, on this podcast. I mean, podcast. have you been holding out on me? Like, is there, is there I've been taking all the money. About? I've been taking all the money. I'm sorry, Jake. I I've been, but don't worry. I've been investing it back into the business here. So uh, okay. it'll, it'll come Good. your way Beautiful. soon. Also, just just to circle back to something we talked about, that Matt Nagy's not getting fired midseason. I said this on Monday. The Bears have never fired a coach midseason, and they never yeah. will because Lovey Smith never happened. John Fox never happened. Mark Tressman never happened. 
It's not going to happen. Not with this guy. This Not with Matt Nagy, who has them under whatever kind of witchcraft spell, charm that he's, you know, he's just completely hoodwinked them into believing in him. I mean, they're not going to fire him. They're going to let him see it through the season. And then maybe they'll kick him to the curb. I'm not even convinced that'll happen. Even if he goes like, even if, even if he goes eight, nine, I'm not convinced that they will kick him to the curb. I'm, I'm unconvinced, but I mean, again, who knows? I mean, maybe when the public outcry starts, maybe it'll happen, but it's funny because this is week four and you have a chance to get to 500 here. And we're already just so pissed. (laughs) I know. Well, so here, what do you have to say? We're already so upset. (laughs) We should have seen this coming. We, we, we gave it a free pass after Justin Fields was drafted and we all forgot about our conversations we were having in January about Jesus Christ, this guy should be fired. Justin Fields took all of the conversation away from that, and rightfully so. We had somewhat of a reason to believe the offense would look different with a competent quarterback, but I guess we were stupid for thinking that. What do you have to say to the people who are – there are literally Bears fans out there who are rooting for the Lions this week because they believe that a Lions win results in the firing of Matt Nagy. Obviously, you're against that. What do you say to those people? I mean, sure, I I guess. I mean – Cause here's the thing. I mean, the, there's going to be people who are rooting for losses being, Oh, higher draft pick. Our draft pick belongs to New York. So obviously I'm going to root for wins. You don't have a draft pick next year anyway, because you gave it up for Justin Fields. I mean, then there's going to be people who root for them to lose. So that Matt Nagy gets fired and, but you don't think that's going to happen. So you're thinking it's dumb for them to root for the Lions. I mean, like, I mean, they I'll would never have to root for the Lions. They would have to only win. I would like to believe that if Matt Nagy just completely bungles this situation and continues to lose, and if they have like another six, seven game losing streak, I would love to believe that that's the end of that and that he gets fired. But I mean, I think they would have to have another long losing streak like that and miss the playoffs. Because if they sneak into the playoffs somehow, again, we've talked about how winnable this division is. Yeah. I mean, this division is very, like nobody is running away with this division right now. Not yet. Everybody looks beatable and that could change in a couple weeks, obviously. But I mean, as of right now, and again, it's week four, it's super early. We're not even a quarter way through the season, but (laughs) I I think if, I think if you have an atrocious enough season, you'd have to only win. I think you'd have to go five and 12 or worse to get for him to be fired. Yeah. Um, Because, because here's the thing, because of that winning record, because of that first year and because of making the playoffs two out of three years, Nagy has leeway with ownership yeah, because he's going to be able to go in there and say, okay, well, and I've said this over and over and over again, he's going to be able to walk into any meeting and say, well, now I have a full off season to Justin. Now I can, oh, I can God. really plan for Justin. And now, I'm you know, gonna... yeah, it was, it was one bad year, but I can bounce back and you know, we're really ready now. Justin's ready now. And we're going to get to the playoff. We're going to get back to the playoffs this year. I mean, I could see it and they and they'll buy it. Because they'll buy it because they also don't want to go through another rebuild. Like we talked about with the stadium. Yeah, if they start a rebuild next year, they can hope to be back in contention by the time the stadium is ready. But they also know what they have in Justin Fields, and that rookie contract only lasts so long. So you have to take advantage of that as well. So it's a a bad balancing act. I I mean, the one thing I think we could hope for is Nagy Nagy loses the locker room, gets canned, and you keep everybody else. Maybe you promote Laser. Maybe you bring someone else in who's going to keep the rest of the staff or most of the staff. But I I mean, I just don't see them firing Nagy uh, unless it gets really, really bad. And again, they went through a six game losing streak last year and he completely destroyed the development of a number two overall pick. So 
you have to wonder. I can't see the bottom of the barrel for Matt Nagy. I can't see the bottom where he gets fired because I have no, yeah. I have no idea what it is. And again, it's I the mean, Bears, and we don't know. I mean, we went I'll, through Trestman, we went you. through Fox. We don't know what the we don't know what rock bottom is. Here's what happens. Here's here's where it's the leverage switches. Once the organization... well, I, I want to address what Bubba just said. They're not yeah, signing. Well, they're not going to sign Bianami. It uh, it won't happen there because just the optics of of bringing in another Chiefs uh, head coach from yeah. the Andy Reid tree. They're up. not going to do it. They'll ha- they'll go for someone from Tampa or LA. They won't go back to the Andy Reid tree. Dabble or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It won't happen. He should. To be clear, I said this on Monday. To be clear. Eric Bieniemy should, should have be it, a yeah. head coach somewhere. He should percent. have been two years ago. He should have been last year. He should have been this year, but he's not. Uh, the Bears won't do it, though. They won't go back to the Chiefs. Just let's be very clear about that. So what I'm going to say about, about the front office, let me dive into the game preview, is once they put the priority of the team towards the quarterback instead of the head coach, that that's when things change. Once, once they see their pride, if they really understand that their prize possession and the guy who is going to, you know, it's not the head coach that's going to bring in revenue for this organization in the next 10 years. It's going to be Justin Fields when he wins you right. Super Bowl, when, he, when the jersey sales come in, when the stadium is packed because of him and, and all those other factors. Again, this is a business uh, front office. This is a business organization, not a football organization. Once they know where the money's at and Justin Fields is their cash cow, then they're if they recognize that and they say, look, Matt Nagy is hurting our guy that generates us all the money. Then no, get out of here. And and I think I think once they realize that, which may be very soon, that's when they start to kick him to the curb because that's what they care about and True. that's what they should care about. Prioritize the quarterback because the quarterback is what's taking you to Super Bowls in the next ten years, not the head coach. Well, maybe not the the two is a tandem, but I think the quarterback is still more important uh, than the head coach. But um, in this instance, yes. In this instance, yes. So. Um, I know it sounds kind of like contradictory because uh, we're, we're literally talking about how a head coach is hampering uh, the the development of a quarterback. But when it's that bad, it, it, you know, when it's that bad, it's kind of an anomaly. But let's go to the game preview. The Bears do Stuart. play a football game this week. Uh, they, they do <laughs> play. Surprisingly enough, maybe maybe fans don't want them to play a football game. Well, uh, I mean, they didn't week. they didn't play a football game last Sunday, so <laughs> yeah, God knows. I, yeah. What? Yeah. So I mean, man, they had a week three bye. That was really interesting, actually. So uh, you know, I, I can't wait for Justin Fields' first start this week. It's going to be phenomenal to, to see awesome, him out yeah. there for the first can't time. Uh, really, just can't wait for that one. Um, gonna get real excited before that. But anyway. They play the Lions. Uh, this is the Detroit team, though. We have a Detroit fan in the chat right now who says losing to us is one way to get fired. Yeah, that's true because you have dominated this team in the past with yep. quarterbacks not as good as uh, as Andy Dalton or even – well, actually, I think Mitch Trubisky is better than Andy Dalton uh, at this point. I think we can almost say that after whatever the hell we've seen from Matt Nagy. But nonetheless, this is a team you have dominated with all sorts of, you know, Chase Daniel, different defenses, different offenses. You have yeah. dominated the city of Detroit. You have to win this football game. It's a division game at home, and already it's been a three-game sample size, two of those games away, one at home. You've seen the difference, at least from the defensive side, of what they are at home versus away. They're stingy. Yeah. They're mo- motivated. There's more momentum when they're at home. I don't know how much momentum is going to be there if the fans are booing the head coach every few minutes, but – uh, nonetheless, you're playing at your home crowd on the lakefront. Uh, you should win this game. 100% should win this game. You should. Theoretically, you should win this game. Uh, but this is. Then tell me why Lions... they won't. Tell me why they won't then. Tell me why they so won't. I, or, or how so, they possibly won't. 
Well, so the thing is, I mean, this Lions team, I mean, from what, I mean, I got to give the Lions credit. They're a scrappy team. They're a motivated team. I talked about it on Monday. They clearly believe in whatever uh, Dan Campbell is selling because, I mean, they look like they want to win for that guy. And, you know, it's week four, so it might be early to be able to, you know, Dan Campbell's kind of a meme. And, yeah, we like to make fun of him. But clearly the Lions are bought in uh, infinitely more than they were with Matt Patricia, clearly. So, Early season still, and we've seen it. I mean, they've played the 49ers tight. They just barely lost to the Ravens on a record-breaking field goal. They played the Packers tight for three quarters of football. Two and a half, uh, two and a yeah, half quarters of football. Sure. So, I mean, they've played better. Now, granted, those games were, you know, most of those games were at home. The games against the 49ers and the Ravens were at home for the Lions. So, you know, you know, with the Bears, they've played way better at home. Maybe that's the case for the Lions, too. But, you know, it... I just, it's hard to believe in the Bears right now. I don't have any statistical reason. I don't have any hard, cold evidence <laughs> of why the Bears should win this game or, or why Detroit should lose this game. But, well, I'll it's, tell you but what. narrative matters. Narrative, narrative matters. matters. And, and across sports, I will always buy, it's not 100% always going to be right, but narrative matters. And this is a Lions team. They know that they haven't won against the Bears while Matt Nagy's there. I guarantee you Dan Campbell's up there in Detroit firing up saying, we haven't beat these guys in however many, in four years. They think that we're a laughing stock and blah, blah, blah. And I guarantee they're buying in. And I guarantee they want to come into Soldier Field and know that they can take advantage and they don't have to be the bottom of the barrel in the NFC North anymore. Did they beat us last year? Again. I think they beat again, us last year. Again, no I have no statistical evidence. I have no reason to back this up, but they beat us I just, last a year. narrative matters. Okay, so seven and one. I forgot. Seven and one yeah. against the Lions in the Matt Nagy year. But yeah. regardless, I, I mean, still, the thing is, they're scrappy. They're more talented than we thought. They're tougher than we thought. Well, I don't know if they're more talented than we thought. They just do have. They they they're, they're, they're playing fine. better they're than fine. we thought. Also, you have to look at the ways they played at home versus away, and, and that's why I think that's really important. Yeah. And they played well at Ford Field. They played well at home, but you know yeah. when they leave that stadium and go to Lambeau and you go to all these other places, they, they do look like a different team. I think Jared Goff, uh, it would be interesting to look at his career on the home versus uh, at home versus on the road because I think he's also a very different quarterback. On the road, the Bears are familiar with Jared Goff. They've shut him down. Yeah. Although, although the Rams have won football games against us two out of three years, uh, not including this year, obviously, because it was a different team. Uh, they destroyed him in 2018. I think they had four interceptions on him that night. And then the two weeks, the two years following, they lost to LA both of those times. But Jared Goff was never lighting you up for 300 yards and three touchdowns. It, it was more of bad tackling or, or, you know, some sort of miscommunication on defense or something that allowed. And it was really just like 24 points, 21 points, nothing crazy. Jared Goff it does not bring anything exciting to the table. What the Lions have really had a whole lot of success with this year is what they've been doing with the running backs out of the backfield. I mean, this this wide receiver core is is, is very very questionable uh, with Quintus Cephas and, and some of the other guys there. It's it's probably near the bottom, if not the bottom of the league. But they rely on their backs not only uh, as rushers but as receivers. But the thing is, the Bears surprisingly have been very, very good this year. Not necessarily because Brooklyn Smith is one of the fastest linebackers in the league at covering running backs out of the backfield. So you take well, away. Th- this is wild. Jared what? Goff is 21 and 15, both at home and on the road. Wow. Same record. That's insane. Wow. I, that is if I'm reading, I if not. I'm reading this pro football reference page correctly. <laughs> I think you probably are. He's 21 and 15 wow. at home. I was wrong. 21 and 15 on the road. 
That's wild. That is wild. I was wrong. That's so that, that, that's a pretty, you won't see that very often. That's the same exact record. You usually see it's a lot higher at home. Uh, so that's interesting, but you're going to take away his, 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 the easy part of his offense. And the thing that they have relied on the two games, they've kept it close. DeAndre Swift and Bo Jamal Williams have played really well, not because they're rushing for a hundred yards, but because they're catching 11 passes out of the backfield, scoring touchdowns. And, and that's their offense right now. That's what they're relying on. But right. the, the bears have been tops in the league at, at covering running backs out of the backfield with Roquan Smith, even with Alec Ogletree, who, who's somewhat competent there. Uh, and just the speed that they do have speed on this defense. They do have a lot of speed in the defense. They can get after that. And they can take away that element of the game. So, I mean, I, again, like I don't, Detroit's not coming into this game throwing it deep, going long, exposing right. your defense on big plays. They're, they're, this is going to be a game where they're going to say, you know what? We're winning this game 17 13. This is no longer Matt Stafford who can come in here and beat you 34 30. This is Jared Goff in a competent rushing attack and an offensive line that's looked better than expected uh, to come in here and ground and pound the hell out of you on Sunday. That's what I mean, and that seems like it's sort of the the Dan Campbell mentality. We're gonna, you know, what is it? Yeah. Eat your kneecaps or 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 whatever the heck we're gonna bite do it, all bite day. Bite bite a kneecap and 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 run through the freaking D line or the Chicago Bears. That's what we're gonna do, and that's what's on the bulletin board. You take that away, you have a good chance to win. So that's where I look at their offense, and I I, I it doesn't scare you. Obviously, from a personnel standpoint, from a town standpoint, but then you take that away, you really, you really bring the limitations to that offense and say, "Hey, you got to rely on Jared Goff to hit throws." Once you say that, I, I think you are going to have a lot of success. But Jake, it starts with pressure because Jared Goff does not know how to play quarterback with pressure. Yeah, you got to make him uncomfortable, and to an extent, you're right. You have to take away the short game. Uh, to your point about taking away the running backs, you also have to take away T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, because that's sure. basically, I mean, that's been Goff's safety blanket all year. Uh, because, I mean, let's be honest. Quintez Cephas, Khalif Raymond, those guys are, you know, Amona Rossi Brown, yeah. Trinity Benson. Two rookies there, I think. I mean, these guys aren't scaring you. And so yeah. it's going to be the running backs and it's going to be Hawkinson. And if you take those guys away, yeah, you have a really good chance of winning this game. Now, to the pressure standpoint, who are you going to have? Because ah, Joel Iggy did not practice today. Khalil okay, Mack did not practice today. Eddie Goldman was a limited participant. And Tayshawn Gibson did not practice today. So that's three defensive starters who did not practice. And Eddie Goldman, who has been limited. But as we've seen for the last three weeks, Eddie, Eddie Goldman can be limited and practice all week, and then he's not going to play. So that's where it gets tricky. That's where it gets dicey because – you're missing two linebackers and possibly Eddie Goldman and then possibly your starting safety. And then that's going to open things up because if you're asking, you know, it won't open that much. Didn't open that much last week. Honestly, even though Cleveland scored 26 on you, it did not open that much. I mean, that's more guys than you were missing though. I I mean, now if you don't have these guys at all, Mac, you add Mac to that is, is really what you do. If he's if he's not because you didn't have yeah, but to the or, pressure or standpoint, that's pretty big. Yeah, but with Khalil Mack, if he had held out of that game against Cleveland, like he went out in the second quarter, if he had not come back, and then we saw the injury diagnosis uh, at practice as DNP, I would have thought no shot he plays because he's dealing with something. He's not able to play on it clearly because that's why he didn't return on Sunday. But he did return. He did come back. I don't think he recorded a sack when he came back, but he was still out there, uh, you know, looking like his typical self, getting pressure, getting after uh, running backs in the backfield, things like. 
like that, looking quick and explosive. So I, I think what you're looking at is a diagnosis and injury where he can play on it, and we know that, and that was evident based of, based off of what we saw on Sunday. But you don't need to rush him in practice. You don't need him to re-aggravate anything. Hold him out, making a game time decision on Sunday. Shoot him up with whatever you know painkillers he needs to he needs on Sunday. Cortisone shots, whatever it is, get him ready to play by then. He's Khalil Mack. He's a veteran. He's one of the best in the game. Don't need it. Don't need him to risk anything at practice. So I think that's what you're looking at there. And if that's the case, Jake, even if it's not the case, I, I'm I'm excited because of Robert Quinn. Four sacks through three games. Yeah, he looks we- good. The pressure's back. We, we might have something to Robert Quinn finally now that he's healthy. And then on the other <laughs> side, a guy who got a little bit of time when Mac was out was our guy Travis Gibson, who looked good in the preseason. You get to see yep. something from him. They should get after this offensive line regardless. Obviously, you want Mac there. But if not, Robert Quinn's playing well. You get opportunity from young guy and Travis Gibson. And Mario Edwards. He, I mean, he had an right. immediate impact. He only got, I think, 20 snaps out of eighty uh, the 81 on defense. But, I mean, uh-huh. you got to ramp him up slowly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he made it an immediate. Yeah, you have a point there. And, I mean, Robert Quinn. I mean, you're right. We have not talked about him nearly enough. Uh, we Dude, ragged on him. We ragged on him a lot last year. And he's played really well. He's played really, really well. He's the guy that you're paying that $94 million to is what he looks like this year. So, And against uh, some de- decent offensive lines, too. I, I mean, L.A. especially, nothing to sneeze at. Cincinnati is okay. Yep. Cleveland's decent. But I mean, yeah, he's been he's been great. So you're right, and I think I I did have that thought about Khalil Mack that it might just be let him rest, no reason to push him in practice against yeah. guys he's easily going to beat. I I could see that as well. But yeah, I mean, here's what I, I I'm saying with this game. I'm worried. I'm worried about this game, and uh... I I don't think I'm alone. Uh, am I am I rooting for them to lose? No, of course not. But yeah, am I going I to be surprised if? they lose no not at all i'll still be surprised Um, i will i just think you might just have a a a, a situation of which team wants it more here and in this case because detroit too is still looking for their first win and so what better time to get it than against your division rival so on their home field too so it's it's a dicey situation for the bears i think this is a is it too much of an overreaction to say that this is a make or break week for the bears no, it's not a reaction at all. I mean, like from what standpoint? From like a playoff standpoint, or from like an everything state everything. of the franchise I mean, standpoint? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I, don't, I wouldn't lose. say state of the franchise, but sure. I mean, you're already. We've already talked about how the we've started to see glimpses of a loss of the locker room, and we saw the Jimmy Graham tweet. Yeah. You kind of saw Al Robinson be be really lackluster in his press conference. Thing, you know, and he's typically more of a mellow guy who who's not as energetic yeah. when he talks about things in front of the media. But I, I think you're at that point where. We're, we're close. We're close to losing that. And if you lose this week against an opponent that you're supposed to beat, an opponent you have consistently dominated, who guys in the building, I know there's a lot of new guys on this team, but even the guys uh, who are relatively new in the past few years and the guys who've been here for a while, which there are a few of those, like, you know, it's an expectation to beat the Detroit Lions. And when you don't do that, that's when things start right. to go south. So uh, that you're right. This is a breaking point. And the reason why I say I'm not worried is under one condition. I'm not worried if Bill Lazor becomes the play caller and is the play caller on Sunday, and I think he is. And, and no, seriously, because, like, yeah, obviously I'm worried if Matt Nagy's the play caller. How could you not be? But with Bill Lazor as the play caller, I, I, I do have every reason to believe this offense can put up 30 points, maybe even more. They did it in four games out of the – or maybe even five. I think four out of the six that he, he was the play caller last year. 
and mm-hmm. they looked good. I mean, what, and people are going to ask, well, what, what's different? Because there's a lot of people who, who really don't know what's different as far as bringing in Bill Lazor from Matt Nagy. And it's not anything, you know, drastic. It's really just more pre-snap motion. It's more play action. Uh, it's just sure. a little bit more creativity, more of a, uh, an emphasis on running the ball in the right situations and really not putting yourself in, in bad situations on third down. Last week, Jake, the Bears averaged 9.9 yards to go on third down. 9.9. How how are you expected to win a game with, with 9.9 yards to go on third down? And, and especially considering this, too. I'm bringing out the stats. So here we go. Uh, Next-gen stats is my best friend. I love it. Guess who's last in the league at rate of seeing eight-plus men in the box from running backs uh, on their snaps? Guess who's last? David Montgomery. He's seeing eight-plus men in the box 2.17% of the time. So for perspective, Derrick Henry, who, who's fifth on this list in this category, sees eight-plus men 42.5% of the time. Why? Because the Titans go heavy sets. They know they're going to run the ball with Derrick Henry more often than not. But you know that it's 2.17% that you're seeing eight-plus men in the box. Why aren't we giving this guy 20 carries, Jake? Why are we not giving him twice, well, if not two and a half times as much what we saw on Sunday? That's what has well, to happen. Because against Cleveland, you didn't have the time to. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't well, have any yes, time right. to do right. You had to play like catch-up. That. But that's that's a season rate. That's a season rate. Right. So that wasn't no, just yeah, a week three right. rate. He's not seeing defensive fronts that are equipped to, to stop him, especially when he can break – five tackles at the line right. of scrimmage. So uh, you got to, you know, I, I, you know what I, my take is on NFL offenses in this day and age, you, you don't, yep. you're not going to win consistently with the ground and pound formula. It, it's just not going to happen. But in this sort of situation, when you, when you think about the other factors uh, with a rookie quarterback, a guy who struggled last week, you want to ease him in. If he is the starter, which I think he will be, you want to ease him back in. You don't want him to come out just immediately firing and, and make more mistakes, give him some time to, you know, get back into it, get into, get into the, uh, get used to, it run the ball at Dave Montgomery run him on early downs that way you're not putting yourself in third and 10 situations every single drive no I, I think you're right you do have to utilize Dave Montgomery more I definitely have to give him more opportunities uh let's get to the game predictions then Bears open as three point favorites you can currently get minus three Bears minus three at even money on FanDuel Sportsbook I mean, asking the Bears to cover any spread. I mean, asking the Bears to oh, win. Wait, wait, wait. Minus is... what? What was it? Th- Minus what three. Was the spread? Three. Okay. Spread is three for the Bears at home. And oh, man. I mean, and it's at even money. I mean, that's, again, back to my point about this being a breaking point. Again, a reminder who you have after this Lions game. You have the Raiders. Yeah, then you have most. the Packers. Then you have the Bucks. Then you have the Niners. Then you have the Steelers. Then you have the Ravens. It's not easy sledding by any means. And you are going to have, I mean, this is a brutal stretch after this game. So you need to get to 500 and then hopefully you split those Raiders, Packers, Bucks, Niners games. Hopefully Hopefully you can go two and two. I mean, more likely one and three and who knows what the, I mean, we don't know what the Steelers are. They're a mess too. I mean, I I mean, Kevin, I'll go first. I mean, I think the bears lose this game 21. Oh my God. God, I think the Bears lose game twenty one nineteen. Yeah, I'm okay. So we're both going to go to my predictions. I think it's a touchdown, touchdown, two field goals, and you have a a touchdown at the end and a failed two point conversion. I like it. I'm going both. Okay, Uh, okay. Wow, that's an interesting take, actually. Okay, Um, very interesting. I I, they win this game thirty one thirteen, and here's why. 
Yes. So listen. So so let's look. Let's look. Bears lose six games in a row last year, right? Yes, they lose correct. to the Rams, the Saints, the Titans, Vikings, Packers. They lose to the Lions. And then who do they play December 13th uh, when they switch play callers? Or, or I think, you know, the, the third week after they switch play callers, you know, I think they switched it for the Packers game, right? Is what we determined. It was, and, it was or whatever it was. The, Vi- they scored, the Vikings. Vikes. Okay, Vikings, so they scored 25 Packers. against the Packers, 30 against the Bears, and then they played the Texans, beat them 36-7 to at home, on their home turf, big old win. <sighs> This is a scenario where if they switch play callers, all of a sudden, everyone's checked back in. The offense looks good. The defense feeds off the momentum. They're already better at home. They have a chance to win this game big if that's the case. Again, big asterisk. I, I'm only making this prediction <laughs> if, indeed, I want that to be known. If, indeed, he is the play caller. But if he is, Jake, uh, based off of the evidence we have of how competent this offense can be, with just a little bit of tweaking with a quarterback like Justin Fields as well, they can win this okay. game. By okay, so if it's they, they so can. if it's Nagy, what's your what's your prediction? If it's Nagy, if it's Nagy, I still think they win, but it's twenty one seventeen or or it's twenty to sixteen or something really weird. I, I think they win this game regardless, but they can win this game by a large margin if Bill Lazor is calling plays. And there's going to be people who are saying you're so freaking stupid. What is wrong with you? You know, you're back to the old antics uh, of optimism. No, look at look at look at last year. Seriously, no, look at last year. Look at what we saw against lesser opponents, against the Jaguars, against the Texans, against even the Vikings the week after that when they dropped 33 on them. They should and will beat these teams at home with competent play calling. They will. They will. I I just can't believe in this team right now. I, I mean, absolutely, I will. And that's the thing. If they win this game and they get back to 500, everyone's going to be, all right, we're back on track. Here we go, I mean, especially if, and like maybe you they said, should they, be. And, and with, well, especially with, if, like you said, play caller change and right. Justin Fields is committed to as the starter, then people right. are going to be back. But from where we're at right now, I have no faith in this team. I'm sticking by 21-19. They lose on a failed okay. two-point conversion. Uh, and then that's the breaking point. I mean, it's a, it's going to be a tough sledding going forward. I'm really concerned about this team. Again, I don't think Nagy gets fired, but it's going to be – it could potentially be bad. I mean, this could be the start of another six-game losing streak, theoretically, which it, would be it, terrible – it, it if you lose this game, you lose that. six yeah. in a row. Yeah, if you lose this game, you lose that many in a row. Yeah, but I mean, it's bad. But, hey, we'll see what happens. We don't even know who's starting. We don't know who's calling yeah. plays. We don't know who's starting. Uh, we don't know if we have Cleo back. There's a lot of things that are up in the air. Granted, it's only Wednesday, and there's two more days of practice. But, Dios me, there is a lot up in the air. But, regardless of that fact, we will be back on Monday to break it all down. Regardless of the result, regardless of the score, we'll have either overreactions We'll we'll probably have overreactions regardless of what happens. But we'll be back here to break it all down for you guys and look ahead to what the rest of the season holds. So we will see you on Monday to break down the Bears versus Lions, which who knows what will happen. But until then, talk to you later. And as always, bear down. Bear down.